It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A prominent head football coach has a great idea of how to spice up spring football, and he recently competed against BYU. We'll talk about his proposal and also what I believe to be priority number one for Mark Pope in the transfer portal is officially on the market. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys being a part of the show, no matter when you listen and or watch it. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsors over at FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, diving right in on today's show. And a number of you, I think they I would estimate about 5,000 of you made the trip out to Lavelle Edwards Stadium last Friday. It's crazy. It's been a week already since BYU had their annual spring showcase event as well as the alumni game. But there was an interesting story coming out uh, earlier this week that I've been meaning to get to. And it's been a crazy week because it's kind of been a backloaded week in terms of content. So I'm actually going to apologize. We're going to move Eddie Hecker, the one-on-one interview I had with him. We're going to push that to Monday, it looks like. But nonetheless, a great proposal, I think, coming out of a great way to spice up spring football. Now, let me also preface this by saying right off the jump that I think this is uh, just not going to happen. It just it doesn't seem like there is enough momentum to make it happen. There's so many logistical things that would have to be put into place for it. But nonetheless, uh, BYU I think would benefit from something like this. And that's uh, Hugh Freeze, of course, now the head coach at Auburn. Uh, recently, uh, obviously, the coach at Liberty beat BYU this past season. He's got this as a solution to spice up spring ball. Quote, the solution is allow us to scrimmage somebody on A-Day, which is their annual spring event uh, for Auburn. Another team, I think everybody get out exactly what they want. Let's adopt a charity to give all the proceeds to. Let Alabama play Troy and we play UAB or vice versa. I don't care. People will come see that. And he also adds this. You're decreasing your injury possibility Possibilities by 50%. Coaches are smart enough to control the physicality. We're not going to hit each other's quarterbacks. I think it would be just great for the sport. I think it would be awesome. The NFL gets to scrimmage against one another. High schools get to scrimmage against one another. And for the life of me, I don't understand why we haven't gotten to the point where we can pull that off. Unquote. I, for one, have thought this would be an absolutely awesome idea. It's been proposed from time to time from different media talking heads. I know Andy Staples wrote a great piece, I think, uh, due in part to what Hugh Free said earlier this week. But it's been something I've read about over the years in terms of college football and ideas to make spring ball even bigger than it already is. And I think this would be absolutely awesome for a program like BYU. And the way I envision this going for a program like BYU is essentially you would have a three-year rotating cycle where I think if you're BYU, you'll take on one of the FCS teams in the state, whether that's Utah Tech, Southern Utah, or Weber State. If you really want to juice it up, maybe you add Utah State in that circumstance because we know that Utah State and BYU are a little bit on the outs right now because they don't have a contract to play each other for at least the next four years. So maybe this could be a way to get the Aggies and the Cougars back together to play for the 
the old wagon wheel. Now, I know there's a prestige thing. Coaches, obviously, if you were to get beat in that spring game by a so-called lesser opponent, it would cause all kinds of consternation. But think of it this way. We all know that spring games uh, come in various shapes and sizes. And I think BYU, the way I understand it with regards to their spring game moving forward as members of the Big 12, is they don't necessarily know exactly what is going to be required of them. Pac-12 SEC schools are contractually obligated, the way I understand it, to put on a spring game. They have to play it. It's it's part of their uh, television deal for the Pac-12 network, speaking of the Pac-12 schools. And the SEC has stuff on their SEC network. It gets on ESPN every so often, that type of stuff. I think that the Big 12 will have at least something in their new contract that will have BYU reconsidering what they're going to do. But I think this would be the way to spice up a spring game, which otherwise can just be really, really blasé. And the other thing about this is, how many more fans would show up if it was an actual an actual competitive game? And I'm saying competitive in the sense that they're going at it in terms of another team, head-on-head. Like I said, Hugh Freeze has said that you wouldn't be hitting quarterbacks. I would completely agree with that. You put your quarterback in a do-not-touch jersey. But you get out there and uh, play a game and get let both of these teams who I've, I've talked with enough players and coaches in my relatively short media career over the past decade plus covering BYU and other programs that after two or three weeks in any given camp, whether that's training camp, spring camp, you can name any of them. You just get tired of it. The other thing about this is it would allow a defense or an offense, for example, after they've been playing against their own teammates for so long, it's just a new look for them. Uh, you get into training camp any summer, and if you're lucky enough to get down and uh, talk with players, you know after two or three weeks, they are just absolutely jonesing to hit somebody else. They want to play a game. They want to get into a competitive environment and have some fun with it. I think this is the way to do it. I actually would be in favor if the six in-state schools that play uh, Division One football, and what I mean by that is either at the FBS or the FCS level, I think you get on board with Utah, Utah State, and BYU, where every year you... You rotate the uh, three FCS schools between playing that. Think of how much more fun that would be. It brings a sense of community because it's an in-state deal every single spring, and it gives these kids an opportunity to uh, unleash some of their frustration and actually play a competitive game in the spring. Like I said, spring football can be lacking in so many different ways. Think of how much better you'd uh, be feeling about spring and the anticipation of uh, how X player is performing than to be like, okay, this coming, so let's say for uh, today, for example, Friday, uh, what are we, April 7th. So let's say the spring game for BYU is April 8th. It's tomorrow. You'd be thinking, okay, BYU's playing Southern Utah tomorrow. I can't wait to see insert player name here and see how they actually do out there on the football field. There are so many guys I come on and talk about on this podcast that I'm, I I say it all the time. You probably have heard me. I'm a broken record on this, it feels like, saying that it's only the spring. We have to wait until training camp to really see what they can do and actually when they actually get on the field in the fall and see if they can prove out what they're showing in spring ball. Why not have a competitive environment against another team to really get a true look at that? Yes, I know, like I said, there are so many different caveats to this. Coaches have to get on board, administrators. There'd have to be actual bylaws put in by the NCAA to allow this type of stuff. But I, for one... I'm right on board with Hugh Freeze on this. Why not do that? Obviously, in Alabama, they've got essentially, I think there's five FBS schools down there. There's Southern Alabama, UAB, Troy, and then they also have the two power, the power five giants in Auburn and Alabama in that state. So it'd be a little different with them having five FBS teams, but with the fact that we have three FBS and three FCS in this state in Utah, I think it'd be a great way to build camaraderie amongst the local schools. And like I also said, you get to mix it up. Every three years, 
are playing one of those FCS schools, and I think it would be absolutely awesome to go out there and cover a game like that. And by the way, this is the other thing about this. You guys know that I cannot stand FCS games. I get why they sit on the schedule in the fall. You know what you could do with your schedule when it comes to the fall if you played an FCS game in the spring? Oh, wait. You could add another G5 game where it would be actually far more fan-friendly and draw more eyeballs. That also is a benefit of the way this could be set up if it were to come to fruition. But like I said, it's really pie-in-the-sky type stuff. Uh, It's years, if not decades, away from really happening. But that does not mean that I cannot take uh, to my soapbox and crow about this a little bit on today's show. All right, coming up next, we're switch over to basketball. The guy that I have been talking about as being, I think, would be priority one for BYU when it comes to the transfer portal has officially hit the market. What does BYU have to do to land Stephen Ashworth, the Utah State star? We'll dig into that momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel, the NBA player. Playoffs are nearly here, my friends, and now is the perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That is because new customers are getting a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the uh, spread to point scores to threes drain. No matter what you're looking for, prop bet or just uh, traditional betting-wise, they've got it for you over at FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a payout with our with the same game parlay feature that they offer as well. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no sweat first vet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you, if you have not done so already, make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball. It's a great way to get caught up on the college basketball sphere nationwide. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton are your hosts. They cover all things college hoops every single day. Hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever uh, you get your podcast. All right, let's talk a little bit about BYU basketball. It's a nice parlay into that. Now, I have said over the past week or so that Stephen Ashworth would be a guy that I think BYU absolutely has to land. Well, he is officially official in the transfer portal, and his opportunity to look at new programs is officially here. Does that mean he hasn't been looking already? There's, I, I can tell you this much. There's still tampering going on with every player out there. Even at BYU, it, it still happens. It's it's just part of the deal. But he is officially on the market now. And BYU, uh, the way I understand it, is going to make Stephen Ashworth maybe their, their top priority as they should. Ashworth has had three really, really good years at Utah State. He was obviously an all-Mountain West Conference first-team honoree this past season, averaging just over 16 points, shooting the cover off the basketball, 
Uh, Doug Gottlieb, if I recall correctly, I called him one of the top shooters in all of the land in college basketball. Stephen Ashworth is the guy BYU needs to prioritize above all others. There can be rumors out there of $200,000 in NIL guarantees being offered by BYU. I have no knowledge of that. And some of you have mentioned that that was an April Fool's joke. It very well may have been, but those rumors have persisted since April Fool's, and that may just be a propagation of those original tweets out there. But nonetheless, BYU absolutely needs to get in on the Stephen Ashworth sweepstakes. This is a kid from Lone Peak High School who grew up a BYU guy the way I understand it. His wife is a BYU graduate, also a BYU cheerleader. There are so many things going here for BYU to be the guy, to be the place for Stephen Ashworth to land. I've said it. BYU needs to get a point guard, a guy who can really score it uh, from the perimeter. Stephen Ashworth is that guy. He would be an instant starter right away, no no doubt about it for BYU and would add to an already pretty uh, nice core for the Cougars. And the best part about it is he's not just a one-year rental. He still has two years of eligibility remaining if he decides to utilize those. This has to be Mark Pope's uh, top priority, in my opinion. I know that they are reportedly having Ali Khalifa on campus today, the Charlotte 49ers big man, 6'11", 230 pounds, who's got a nice uh, ability to pass the basketball as well as shoot it from deep in his own right uh, at his size. I think those two would bolster what I think is are BYU's most pressing needs. A true big man in every sense of the word, like I said, 6'11", 230 pounds, can patrol the paint for BYU going into the Big 12, speaking of Khalifa, and then having a, a scoring-minded guard who also can distribute it in Stephen Ashworth on, Ashworth on the perimeter, who has good size as well. This just seems like too much of a home run for it not to work out for BYU. So that is where I think BYU needs to prioritize things. I know that uh, Joe Girard, the transfer from Syracuse, we talked about him yesterday. If you get him as well, if you okay, if you could get Ali Khalifa, you can tell me right now, Jake, BYU's going to get Ali Khalifa, they're going to get Joe Girard out of Syracuse as a graduate transfer for one year, and then in Stephen Ashworth, an all-Mountain West Conference guy who is from Utah Valley. You make those your three guys that you add to the roster for BYU going into the Big 12 Conference, suddenly things are looking a whole lot better for BYU's chances in the Big 12 year one. I'm not saying that they're going to be world beaters and go out and win the uh, thing next year, but... I've been very, very down on BYU's chances going into the Big 12 as a basketball program, especially on the men's side of things. But if you were, if you were able to get Stephen Ashworth, Joe Girard, and if it's not Ali Khalifa, another high-level big man who can really patrol the middle uh, for you out there on defense in particular... I would say BYU is going to be actually a pretty feisty team going into the Big 12. They've got options already on that roster that are very scoring-minded. Uh, Dallin Hall is going to be, I think, a future star. You're going to have also a guy like Richie Saunders, who's a do-everything player. Fus Traore and Atiki Ali Atiki offer unique things in the post. There is a lot to like about what BYU's got core-wise with the basketball program, but if you can supplement it with a guy like Steven Ashworth, whew, I'm feeling a lot better about BYU's chances maybe getting more towards the middle of the pack in the Big 12 year one versus being maybe near the bottom uh, the way things stand right now. I, I really am that high on Stephen Ashworth, and it really it seems like it's a, it's a no-brainer here for BYU. They absolutely need to go in all in on this. If you, it requires you uh, breaking the bank, so to say, with some of your NIL stuff, go for it. Uh, you, you call the people you need to call. Get the uh, Coug Connect on the line. Get the Royal Blue Collective 
on the line. Get whatever collective you got to get on the line and get the deal done. This this just makes way, way too much sense for this not to work out in BYU's favor. Now, let's also acknowledge that a guy like Ashworth is going to have no shortage of options. His former college coach is Craig Smith at Utah, and they've obviously been throwing around NIL figures over the years. He had a Duke offer out of high school, and John Shire, who is now the head coach at Duke, obviously recruited him for the Blue Devils, uh, could they re-enter the mix? And obviously, going to Duke, that's uh, the highest profile you possibly can get playing for one of the true Blue Bloods in college basketball. So, there is going to be stiff competition for Steven Ashworth. I just mentioned two of the potential contenders. I, I, I guarantee he's probably got his his inbox on his phone. His, his message has probably been absolutely blowing up since the second he officially entered the portal, and if not before then. But BYU needs to make this like the, the top priority. It's got to be, this is our guy. Uh, hold the phones, don't bother me, we're going to visit this kid and we're seeing what we can do. Obviously, BYU is supposed to go visit Joe Girard out there in New York in Glens Falls. There's a lot looking positive right now if BYU can go out and land these guys, but it is the wild, wild west when it comes to the transfer portal. There is a lot of money flowing around, and if a guy is that motivated by NIL, it could make for an interesting situation, but BYU, this just seems like this is this is how you get BYU basketball fans reinvigorated after two really down seasons. Think about this. You had Stephen Ashworth, who is one of the top players, if not the top player, for one of your top rivals in state. You get him on this roster of young players that look like they have a pretty bright future in front of them. That's the way to re-energize this fan base, re-energize this squad, and I think be a far more competitive team in the Big 12 in year one. All right, we will round out the show, round out the week here on the podcast with some final notes on today's show. The Pac-12 media deal is apparently going to be taking until the summer. We'll talk about that. Also need to look back at the Michigan game uh, for BYU in the 2015 season, as well as a look ahead to what else, uh, what other games and what other teams, I guess you should, I could say, when it comes to BYU sports this weekend, where you can find them all in action as we continue, excuse me, as we continue on right here. Unlocked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, my friends. You guys are absolutely awesome. Cannot thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast. All right, final notes on today's show. Let's start off with this. Congratulations. I know it doesn't necessarily directly involve BYU, but Todd Phillips has been promoted to head coach at UVU. He was the top assistant for Mark Madsen this past season. He had been in, in, he had been installed as the interim head coach. So any fears of losing one of BYU's current assistants to UVU appears to be out the door unless... Todd Phillips prioritizes a guy like a Nick Robinson or a Cody Figure or a Cahill Fennel and wants to make them his associate head coach. That is where they might be poached, but they will not be being poached as the head coach at UVU. But nonetheless, congratulations to Coach Phillips. Obviously got big shoes to fill in Mark uh, Madsen's wake, but 
He uh, spent a decade as a head coach at Salt Lake Community College doing very good things there and now gets his crack uh, at the G5, or I guess the, the mid-major level in college basketball. All right, other things uh, that are going on. The Pac-12 apparently is now talking with the CW. Yes, you heard me right. The CW, the network that has All-American, Riverdale, you know, the scripted dramas out there. The Flash, I think, was on it for a hot minute there. Actually, no, it was longer than that. The Flash was on there for a while. But you guys know what the CW is. It's a linear network, and they have the Live Golf Tour uh, drawing you know, like 0.02 ratings apparently on that network. Well, apparently Nexstar, which owns the CW now, is very intent on getting in on the sports uh the sports world, the sports broadcasting world, and apparently the Pac-12 is in discussions with the CW as a new potential partner for them. And as a result, it appears, according to a report out of The Athletic, uh, the soonest you could hear about a Pac-12 media rights deal might be late spring slash early summer. So we're pushing into, what, late June, if you go by the the calendar, I guess the, the changing of the seasons, because June 21st, if I'm not mistaken, is officially the first day of summer. Uh, and then what are you pushing towards? Pac-12 media days, potentially, in July? to announce a new media rights deal. Uh, you'd be a year away from the new media rights deal taking uh, effect. Here's the thing. February 13th, the Pac-12 came out with that statement that said, we're going to we're, we're working towards consummating a new media rights deal in the very near future. Well, February to June slash July is not very near future, in my opinion. And also, you've had some of these presidents coming out saying, well, I think we're going to have something done by mid-March. Or no, late March. No, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it, I'm not sure how close we are. The, the, the mixed messages coming out of the Pac-12 are absolutely a mess. But it was heartening to hear once again that Brett Yormark continues to press his... Um, press with his uh, advantages out there. The, in the report, it said that Brett Yormark, let's see, the protracted process indicates Klyavkov is not overly concerned about the four corner schools defecting just yet. However, Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark has recently met with multiple presidents of Pac-12 schools looking to explore their options, a person briefed on the meeting said. Brett Yormark continues to do work, my friends. I'm not saying that they're going to pick off uh, one of these uh, programs from the Pac-12. Maybe they could swoop in and scoop up San Diego State. But Brett Yormark continues to work behind the scenes, and i got to commend him uh, as, as Big 12 commissioner. This is a guy who is not standing idly by. He is doing so many things on so many fronts to bolster the Big 12, its image, and its overall strength as a conference. And I really, really like that, and you should like that as a BYU fan as well. All right. Uh, also, some other things... Uh, coming in here. So there was a question that was sent to me uh, a while back. Jake Barker, uh, an avid listener of the show. I'm going to pull these up here. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see me hold up some hats here as I drop them underneath my desk here. But let me grab them real quick. Uh, he reached out and asked a question about some hats I've been displaying slash wearing on the podcast. So, Jake, there was one in particular you had some interest in, but I've also had questions about some of these other ones. So I'm going to talk about three of them on today's show. So this first one I'm going to hold up here. If you're watching this on uh, YouTube, you'll see it. This is a wooden grill uh one of their original from Wooden Grell, Alex Caressa and the crew over there at Wooden Grell do absolutely incredible work. It's got one of the old school, the overlay BYU logo from I think it's like the 60s or the 70s. Uh, that one, you can go to woodengrell.com. I'm not sure it's still available, but they have a lot of cool different products out there. If you're interested in repping your BYU brand that way, uh, they're launching a new uh, uh, limited run of shorts. There's the They're, they're calling it the, the Blue Paisley or the Royal Paisley, which is going to have that, uh, you know, that block cougar head logo logo uh, that everybody's been pining after on the BYU Nike jackets. Well, they're going to have them on those shorts. Really, really cool stuff. So Wooden Grell, uh, you can go to woodengrell.com and check that out. And by the way, none of this is sponsored. Let me be very clear about this. I'm not sponsored by any of these companies. Now, the next one some of you asked about is this one. This is the Sailor Coog uh, BYU baseball cap, the official on-field cap. 
Um, this is a Nike hat. I got this one actually from the BYU store in Provo. Uh, it's one of my favorite hats. It might be the most comfortable BYU hat I have owned in literally years. Uh, it's just absolutely incredible. Nike did well with that hat. Um, I actually originally thought it was a, a royal top with a, a black brim, but it's actually a navy brim. And stunningly enough, a Kalani look that looks good. And I got to give him credit. Nike not nailed that one. And then the final one here is also another Sailor Coog one. I think this is the one that Jake was asking about in particular. It usually hangs on my wall behind me if you're watching this on YouTube. And if you listen to this in the regular podcast format, you don't know exactly what I'm talking about. Go to YouTube. You can check it out. Uh, but Jake, that is a new era edition uh, hat that I've actually had. It's got a gray upper and a I think it's a black uh, brim uh, with a Sailor Coog. Actually, you know it's a navy brim, but nonetheless, uh, I actually got that one at Lids in the University Mall, and I probably had that hat. Jeez. Five, six, seven years. It's been a hot minute uh, since I bought that one. But hopefully those answer your questions with regards to that hat. Now, the hat I'm wearing today, i got to give a shout-out uh, to a dear friend. I know he's an avid Cougar fan in his own right, Zach Hicken. Uh, now, Zach has recently launched his new uh, line of clothing apparel. It's a golf lifestyle company called Hive Golf. Uh, he has just launched it in the past month or so, and I have to get Zach on here in the near future. Uh, but I just received my first shipment from Hive Golf, and it was not sent to me as a sponsorship. I, I placed the order myself. I was intrigued by their product, and I'm very impressed so far. The hat I'm wearing is called the Sunday Red, and obviously you can see, if I, if I get a little closer, I'm probably messing up my audio a little bit, but that is a, a tiger wearing a red sweater, and you know exactly who I'm talking about. It's Masters Weekend. Uh, tiger, as of recording this podcast was plus two uh, after the first round of the Masters yesterday, hoping that he can make his 23rd consecutive cut. We'll find out how it goes here on Friday, but uh, Zach is doing great, great work, and if you want to check that out, check out Hive Golf, and obviously, Zach, I know if you're listening and or watching this, hit me up. We'll get you on the show here. We've been kind of going back and forth, but I need to get him on the podcast and allow him to explain uh, what he's doing and what his goals are. Uh, with this project because they got some really, really cool stuff. They're doing like monthly, uh, what do they call them, uh, collections of gear. So this was the first month they're doing now what they call them, the Glizzy, Glen- Glizzy Gang, if I recall correctly. So uh, Hive Golf, check it out. It's on social media. They do great work and the product so far, I, like I said, I, I literally, I, I pulled this hat out uh, earlier today. I'm recording this on Thursday night. I got it in the mail earlier today. And of course, I, you know, I'm going to rep it on the, on the podcast. I'm going to rep it on Locked On Cougars. All right. So there you go. I think we've got all caught up on the, some of the news and notes and minutia out there. we got two other things we need to get to real quick. Uh, first things first, congratulations to BYU Baseball. They took the first game of a three-game set against USF in baseball, uh, winning 6-2 to last night out there at Miller Park. They're back in action tonight, a 6 o'clock first pitch, and obviously tomorrow the rubber match will be at 1 o'clock at Miller Park. BYU softball opens West Coast Conference play in their own right, but they're on the road at Santa Clara. They will play a game today uh, at uh, 3.30 p.m. Uh, Mountain Time, and then also, excuse me, 3.30 p.m. Pacific Time, so that would be 4.30 Mountain Time, and then 7 o'clock Mountain Time in a doubleheader that will be streamed on the WCC Network if you want to tune into that and uh, watch the BYU softball team get their Tennessee, uh, not their, their Tennessee season, their softball West Coast Conference season underway. BYU women's tennis lost to number 16 wa- uh, Washington 4-3 to yesterday at the indoor tennis court, so a tough loss for them. Uh, meanwhile, other teams in action this weekend include the track teams. They're going to be uh, at the Trojan Invitational down there in Los Angeles, California, competing against some of the best teams on the West Coast. So best of luck to the men's and women's uh, cross-country teams as they compete there. And then the final thing is men's tennis is in action tomorrow as they welcome Santa Clara to the indoor tennis courts. That's at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. All right. Now, 
Final thing before we go on today's show, we've been looking back at all 155 games in BYU's football history as an independent football program. We've made it to about the midway point of the 2015 season. Now, uh, I mentioned a couple days ago when I previewed uh, this, BYU came off a tough loss, a game that they probably felt like they should have won at number 10 UCLA. It was a big-time opportunity for BYU to get to 3-0. Obviously, they'd lost Taysom Hill game one at Nebraska. They made a trip to Michigan, and going to the big house for the first time ever, this is one of the few games that I regret not going to just simply due to the venue. I do not miss missing this game essentially in person because BYU was absolutely obliterated 31 to nothing in this game. It was one of the worst performances. I'm literally, I mean this literally, one of the worst performances in BYU's independent run as a football program. We will talk about a pretty ill-fated uh, LSU game here in a few weeks' time. But Tanner Mangum, for example, in this game was just 12 of 28 for 55 yards. Adam Heaney just 8 carries for 33 yards. Devon Blackman was the top receiver with 14 yards on just one reception. They just absolutely uh, got obliterated. And the thing about this was BYU at 2-1 and one on the season was still ranked number 22 as they made the trip to the, to the big house. But the Wolverines just absolutely crushed BYU. They, they just could not get it, anything going it felt like in this game. Now, I also mentioned in my, in my preview leading up to this, this is one of the games that really got, I think, under the, the, the skin of BYU fans when it came to Bronco Mendenhall and his so-called priorities as BYU football head coach. And what I mean by that is, is BYU, uh, according to what I heard, and it's been pretty well established, that the night before this game, rather than sitting in uh, game planning meetings or uh, getting rest, that type of stuff, BYU had issues flying out of Provo, getting in to Ann Arbor. They had a plane issue, if I recall correctly, and got in late. But rather than uh, disrupt uh, their original schedule with meetings and that type of stuff that you typically do the night before a game, Bronco Mendenhall had the priority of actually going to a local ward house, member, a church house of the LDS faith to hold what they called, they'd done these for years before this. Let me be very uh, upfront about this. They would do uh, firesides in in the various uh, places they would travel to, and obviously uh, members of the faith in those local areas would show up and obviously have a chance to interact with players, hear from them, talk about uh, the spiritual side of things and that type of stuff. But he he made a priority of that over the game planning, and there was a lot of BYU fans, and I I get why they kind of got them upset, because the way that BYU played in this game, they looked like they were all out of sorts. And the, obviously, when you uh, apparently prioritize a fireside over the actual product on the field, in some people's minds, let me be very, very upfront about that as well. It does not go over well. And this was a game, I think it was one of the games that truly pushed some BYU fans over the edge, thinking, you know what? Broncos priorities are out of whack. And like I said, I, I'm not saying that this is my uh, take on this. I'm just, I, I v- vividly remember the debate we had uh, with people calling in on my sports radio show, the internet uh, chatter on social media and the like. You, Any of you who, who recall this will know exactly what I'm talking about. But when you lose 31 to nothing, you get shut out and you just looked absolutely pitiful as a top 25 ranked team that gets absolutely just like I said, obliterated on the football field, it's going to have BYU fans upset. And trust me, they were very upset after this game. And it dropped BYU out of the national rankings. It just it, it was a game that you could ill afford to have for BYU to keep some of the momentum you had built up early on in the season. But uh, it just that's the way it played out. BYU ran for a grand total of 50 yards as a team on 22 carries. Just 155 total yards. 
no, not even 155, no, 105 total yards. 55 passing, 50 uh, receiving, just 105 total yards in this game. Absolutely pitiful. Pitiful, pitiful performance, and BYU was sent uh, packing from uh, from that game at Michigan, and uh, they would rebound uh, nicely. But I think it took so much of the steam, so much of the just the wind out of their sails after that game that it really felt like the 2015 season just was lacking after that. Even though they finished the season with some aplomb, and we'll talk more about this. We'll talk about their their first game after this one uh, coming up on tomorrow's show. It was a bounce back win, but just the the level of, of opponents, the 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 way that things were being perceived. Really just, it felt like this was a turning point. We all know at the end of the 2015 season that, uh, well, some changes were coming uh, for BYU. And we'll talk about that as we progress throughout Locked On Cougars over the next week or so. All right, that's going to do it. A big thank you for your support of the podcast, as always. Uh, you guys are the best out there. You're the best out there in Cougar Nation. Thank you to the thousands of you who check us out daily, whether it's in regular podcast form or if you're checking us out on YouTube. Thank you regardless for making us your first listen today. Now go make your, your second listen and our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Get caught up on everything going on in Big 12 football, basketball, and everything in between with Josh Neighbors. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast. It's also available on YouTube. So until uh, Monday and obviously everything else going on in between, enjoy the Masters, enjoy your weekend, and we'll reconvene then. Thank you for tuning in to the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.